Christ is risen. Truly is risen. It's the final Sunday that we get to say that. Of course, we can always say that like St. Seraphim. But we're approaching the end of our joyful Paschal season. And this gospel reading is always on that last Sunday before Ascension. It's one of my favorite gospel readings. I love the boldness of the blind man in his exchanges with the, the Pharisees. He who was blind now reveals the blindness of the Pharisees. At one point they said, give God praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know is that though I was blind, I now see. So he corrected them once. And then they asked him again about how he was healed. He said, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? And he said this in jest. You have to realize that because the first time he said it, he says they didn't listen. So clearly, they don't want to become his disciples. And then his final great statement of theology, why this marvel? You don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will... God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He's putting words to the miracle. Everyone saw the miracle. Everyone was in awe. And he's describing exactly what happened. Proving to the Pharisees Christ's divinity. You feel like you're right there with him, listening to his exchange, how God gave him just the right words. This story is fundamentally a story about blindness and sight. Not just physical, but spiritual. Listen to what Jesus says in the verses that immediately follow this passage. So this is right after the gospel reading that we read. The very next thing. And Jesus said... For judgment I have come into the world that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with Jesus heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore your sin remains. This is at the heart of the story. Spiritual sight and spiritual blindness, not simply physical sight or blindness. And this is our journey, a journey from spiritual blindness to sight. Imagine this poor man who was blind from birth. Now there's a difference. If you're blind at some point later in your life, you had the faculty of sight, and through injury or otherwise it was taken. This man never had the ability to see, did not have the ability to see. And some of the church fathers even say that he had no eyes. This is why this miracle is so profound. He didn't have the ability to see the functions, if, whether he had eyes or not. He had no ability to see. Now imagine him wandering those cobblestone streets in Jerusalem. That's his whole life, wandering around in darkness, feeling the, the prayer, or the hymns of the, the services this morning and last night speak much about the darkness that he was in. A perpetual darkness, feeling the warmth of the sun, but not seeing the light. 
in a time when no one helped the blind, in a time when people often thought it's his own fault that he's blind, wandering through the streets, going up to the temple like all the faithful Jews, and yet not seeing the temple, going inside the temple and not seeing all the glory of the temple. Very difficult life. Now imagine Jerusalem filled with men and women just like him. Everyone stumbling, tripping over the cobblestones, feeling around with their hands, every single person in the city just like him. Imagine them all trying to get around, again going up to the temple and not seeing the glory of the temple. That's the image of our lives. Because this is a story not about physical sight. It's a story about spiritual sight. And we live in a world in which we are all blinded. A world in which we're all feeling around. Not wandering out much. And we can't see the temple either. Do you know where we are right now? We are in the mystical banquet at the end of time with all of the angels and the saints, glorifying God at the one and only altar. All Christians of all time, from the beginning of time, all around the world, together at one altar with all of the angels and the saints. That's where we are. You've heard those miracles that attest to that reality. I speak for myself, and I'm sure for many of you, we're so blinded, we have no concept of that. We're in the temple, and yet not seeing what the temple is. This is why all the icons are around us, to tell us they're here with us. They're here with us right now. We are spiritually blind, so spiritually blind that we might in our rational mind say, well, that's not true. Clearly, I'm here on Walker Road in Beaverton in a church. I'm not at the mystical banquet at the end of time. There are no signs of that. And I would be speaking out of my blindness, not out of my sight. And we see how much that our physical sight is often at odds with our spiritual sight. Our physical sight is so enslaved with the passions. We look at someone and we say, oh, that person's a cheat. How do we decide that? Because our physical eyes decided that about the person. So we wander around blindly on the streets, finding our way blindly spiritually. And this is the great paradox of the story of the blind man. We'd say he's pitiable because of his blindness, while we all have sight. But in fact, the opposite is true. It is we who are outwardly with sight, but inwardly blind, who are the pitiable ones. The blind man is anything but pitiable because the eyes of his noose are clear, as we heard in his rebuttal to the, the Pharisees. Let me give one example from this gospel to show how our vision is darkened. At the very beginning of the, the gospel, the disciples asked Christ, they said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. How many of us have read that and thought, 
So God made someone blind just to show us something? That sounds so cruel. What kind of God is that? That he would do this. This man lives this life of blindness all so that God can show us something. Maybe none of you have read it that way. Or other parts of the Bible where you've read and it gives, and you have a particular idea of how Christ is. Let's say with the Canaanite woman, where he's speaking to her and he's saying basically that she's a dog. We read these hard passages and it actually reveals to us our blindness. How is this so? Because we know who Christ is and yet we don't. We read a passage like that and we say, what kind of God is this? In our clouded vision, we think that the blind man has suffered punishment just so God could do his works. But listen to what St. John Chrysostom, whose soul was cleansed and had spiritual sight, says. He says, one might ask, did the blind man suffer wrong for the glory of God? No. I assert that he even received benefit from his blindness because he recovered the sight of the eyes within. What were the Jews profited by their eyes? They incurred the heavier punishment, being blinded even while they saw. And what injury did this man have because of his blindness? For through his blindness, he recovered his sight. The ev- and he continues, the evils of this present life are not evils, neither are the good things good. Sin alone is an evil. The evil things of this life, what does he mean by that? The things that we in our worldliness think are evils. The things that we in our worldliness think are bad. They're not evils, is what he's saying. And likewise, the things in our worldly way of thinking, fame and glory and money and prestige and all of that, that we think are good, are not good. Everything is on its head because we don't have the spiritual eyes to see. And so we continue forward pursuing the things that we think are good, that aren't good, and not wanting the bad things to happen to us. God forbid that I lose money or that I have a physical ailment or something like that. That's a bad thing. And yet what St. John is saying is clearly the blindness was a blessing for him. Clearly the blindness was a great gift from God. It's incomprehensible. But we question God, and so when we question God, these are the results that we come to. My brothers and sisters, we must be aware of our own spiritual blindness. Don't be deceived by your own thinking or swept away by worldly pursuits. We're blind walking in a world of blindness. Blindness in our shallow social interactions, blindness in every single thing that we see on the television, blindness in our pursuit of praise and success, blindness in all of our supposed media, blindness, blindness everywhere. Everywhere. We have to see it. If we can't see our blindness, which, yes, is a gift of God in some sense, sense. we can't see our blindness, how can we know that we need healing? We're stumbling through the cobblestone streets, confused, but we can be healed. But it's only if we're willing to admit to our sickness, to our blindness. My brothers and sisters, we must go to the pool of Siloam. 
But you can only go with these two things. Do you remember Christ used his spit in the ground, the soil, to wipe his eyes? We have the tears of our repentance, and we have the ground itself, which is our humility. We have repentance and humility. We can be healed. We can be cleansed. We can gain our spiritual sight. And yes, in the eyes of the world, this may be foolishness, but it is joining ourselves to God. Amen.